welcome to Creative Unearthing, a podcast focused on deep conversations exploring spiritual healing through art making and the medicinal powers of returning to our earth bodies through intimacy, vulnerability, play, and compassion. I'm Emma Freeman, a mixed media artist, poet, and deeply sensitive, playful human. I'm glad you're here. Today I'm sharing a second conversation that I had about holding space, this time with the amazing and wonderful Alana Gergis, who is an artist, a writer, um, a community holder, space holder, um, all around beautiful human who is so warm and so heart-focused and just truly a beautiful light in this world. And we explored the idea of holding space and what that means to each of us in this moment, building off of the conversation that I had with Zach Foster about holding space, uh, which you can go back and listen to if you're curious. Um, But this was fun to have a second conversation on the same theme. I've never done that before on the podcast. And... um, Just like with Zach, Alana and I just intuitively wandered together in the conversation, and I love where we went, and I loved her insights and her deep reflections and um, her inspiring thoughts about what it means to hold space for her and why it matters, and um, yeah, it was really wonderful. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. All right. Well, welcome, Alana. I'm so grateful and happy that you wanted to have this conversation with me about holding space. And um, I'm very curious to see where we will go together. Uh, But I'd love to start by having you introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't know who you are and share anything you feel like sharing about what you do in the world. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be with you. Uh, My name is Alana Garrigus, and I am currently showing up in the world as a painter and a poet and a community space holder. Um, I mainly show up in the world as a painter and a poet right now in the creative realm, but I would say the bigger thing is just being a curious, creative human and wanting to connect with other people. Um, And that's the way that it's manifesting itself right now. I love the outdoors and trees and nature and movement. And what I really love is connecting with people and seeing what lights them up and feeling connected with the world. So I hold space in a community called Within Artist Collective. Um, And it's open to artists and makers and poets and writers and creative souls and spirits who are interested in coming together and really uh, uncovering within themselves, finding the language within themselves of how they make, why they make, what they make, and recognizing it not as a destination necessarily, but as like this continuous presence in one's life that we can 
tap into deeper and deeper and deeper and always find um, where a curiosity leads us or where art might take us um, beyond. Sometimes I think about how the bumper sticker will say these, these things that are like, uh, you know, art saves us and it looks like this simple thing on a bumper sticker and but we live it and we experience it again and again and again and that's really interesting to me is in community watching the women circle and circle and circle and come to these truths that can look really simple but are really quite profound beautiful yes <laughs> every part of it. yes <laughs> um oh okay there's so many places we could go. Well, I think, so I'm curious, since this conversation, the theme is really holding space and what that means to us in the moment right now, how we hold space, what kind of goes into that. And um, so we'll kind of, we'll, we'll use that as our container, but we may, who knows, we may stray from it a little bit. Um, but I, so I'm curious how, what holding space means to you right now? And if that feels different at all from, um, from teaching or leading, if there's anything that comes up for you around that, I'd love to hear. Yeah. So a couple questions. First, I love that you frame it as right now in this moment, because I feel like holding space can in many ways feel different at different times in our life. And we're constantly, when we're a space holder, we're constantly developing that. So I feel like if there was a container of holding space that I had created 10 years ago and was trying to stick with that. And I said, okay, I'm holding a community or I'm holding a workshop and this is how it is. And I stuck with that forever. It would it wouldn't feel authentic. It wouldn't feel right. So I love that you say in this moment because it it can ground it in the now. Um, what it holding space means to me in the moment is definitely coming in with an intention of presence. Um, I find myself whenever I'm going to be holding space, I like to take a moment before before the Zoom call, before seeing a friend in person, before whatever that is, to just kind of breathe into it with a sense of gratitude and a sense of um, kind of like shaking off anything else that's going on outside so that during that time, I'm singularly focused. I'm not being pulled in any other direction in any other place that feels really important to me in holding space especially right now in a world where we have so many different dings and rings and things that can call our attention I really like to make sure that all of that is silenced and part of that is then putting boundaries around that time and space and letting other people in my life, in my household, and wherever know during this time, I am present somewhere else. Like I am fully present 
uh, with the community that I'm holding, or if I'm holding community outside of uh, home, like you're not going to be able to reach me. I this is sacred time for the connection with the people who are there. Um, so there's this being fully in the moment. There is, I feel like holding space right now is being open to whatever shows up. Um, one really interesting thing that I'm finding is I feel like holding space is a lot of offering permission. So people, um, even <laughs> people are so accustomed to coming into a space and having all these societal requirements or norms or like these are the rules and you're supposed to know the rules and when to talk and when not to talk and do I have to show up especially now with video do I have to show up on video do I have to speak can I just be quiet can I sit back and um we know in ourselves so truly and deeply what we need but it can be hard to honor that and so I feel like offering permission to a person and saying this space is here for you to show up as you need to show up to come as you need to be if that's quiet today that's quiet today if that's sharing a story today that's sharing a story today if something else does draw you and you need to go, then you need to go. And so I feel like that feels really important to always um, remind a person and myself of the sovereignty of, of each individual to follow what feels good to them. Um, and then I also look at like the, you asked about in this moment in holding space. And I used to be a journalist and in holding space as a journalist, it was truly like I was a vessel for that story. So in that case, I was showing up, holding space, non-judgmental, open listening, but I wasn't showing up as myself. I wasn't really there. So there were people that I would interview over years and years and years. I would know all the, <laughs> the secret things that they were really wanting to do in life or that they were really curious about or really excited about. I would know how their family was, how they got to and from work, all of these different things um, because I was holding space for that. And it was very interesting because some of these people I knew over several years and realized after a time that they they didn't know a thing about me, which was very interesting. And um, beyond how I hold space or how I, I show up, you know, they knew something of me in, in that, but they didn't know any of those stories. And it was good for a long time. And then that didn't feel like the right way to hold space anymore, to hold space where it was me as a vessel and not me coming to the table as me. And then there's also like when my kids were little being a hostess and holding space for playgroups at home where I had to be charming and <laughs> provide food and 
share a story. And so that was kind of the other end where it's like holding space where I really had to consciously put myself into play. And so I find holding space right now is somewhere kind of outside of and also in between those where I can't authentically be a vessel and feel like that connection is happening the way that I think the inner personal relationships are healthy. And I also don't want to show up as the charming hostess and go, okay, this is how we interact and this is going to be light or fun or entertaining or whatever it is. So it's this like in-between space where I'm going to show up and be available to offer stories, ask questions, be very interested in you, be curious about you, um, and also hold that time and space for you to be able to share who you are. Um, so that's a big part of it. Also, I would say non-judgment feels very important to me in holding space, but also and this is something that I'm constantly trying to figure out for myself is um, how to take a step back or gently reframe when something doesn't feel right or doesn't feel good that is spoken without putting any judgment on a person who speaks it, but recognizing, okay, if there's some anger coming to the surface, that might be indicative of some pain. Or if there is um, platitudes coming out, that might actually be an indicator of feeling unseen or detached or confused in relation to society. And so how can, if something is said that might be might cause others discomfort without shaming or correcting or anything. Like what are the ways that there can be some question or reframing or gentle way of just bringing others back into feeling seen when something might make others feel unseen or insecure. So that's like a huge part of what it means to me in this moment and where I am. And then you also asked about the teaching and uh, the holding space and the teaching. And I think the big difference for me with teaching is teaching ideally includes and incorporates holding space. I want people to feel seen. I want people to show up. I want people um, to learn by speaking, to learn by doing, to have these moments of recognizing, oh, this is really important because when this question was asked, this is what came to the surface and I wasn't expecting that. Um, that feels important to me. Teaching, holding conversations where people aren't just listening to me, where I'm not just lecturing, but people are talking to one another and learning from one another. Um, but I also, I would say one of the big differences is that in teaching, I'm paying more attention to the preparation um, whether that be materials or some sort of a loose schedule, um, and definitely paying more attention 
to the process and the product, being very aware of like, if I'm teaching, somebody's coming here to feel as if they have learned something, taken action. I feel like that's a huge part of it is that in teaching, I'm very interested in helping a person take action in some way, writing or making something or learning a technique or, um, and also just being comfortable to show up and going that you don't have to be perfect. This is going to be new, like giving people permission to be new, but take action anyway. And that doesn't feel as integral in holding space, like that action part of it in holding space. I feel like there's, I'm not looking at the process or the product. It's really the the interaction in the moment, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I love all of that that you shared. And mm, I connect exactly what you just said about teaching too. And I've been pulling at those threads within myself. Like, what are these differences? Because I can feel that they're different, um, but they're connected for sure. Um, and, oh, okay. There are so many things I wrote down while you were talking uh, to... Um, explore. Well, one thing that came to mind, I was thinking about when you hold space, the way that you describe it, and I know from being in within and like being in the spaces that you hold, it feels like this very intuitive dance or like symphony that you're somehow like you're very in tune with everything that's going on that's unplanned. So people are showing up with whatever they have, and maybe there's a topic of conversation or something that is kind of the container that's being held. But um, when you don't know what's going to show up, like you were talking about, the, the way that you are able to feel into and be present with, you know, what someone might say in a moment, and then kind of take that or pull at a question or at, like um, gently guide the conversation maybe in a certain direction and then someone else comes in with something else and then you pull that I'm really fascinated by that because it feels to me like that's a very intuitive practice and it requires this clarity of um, being like being not clouded by other distractions and maybe things flutter in here and there, but really that incredibly deep listening process too. that call like um, receiving and giving and which is so beautiful and rich and it feels very alive because it's um, this flow. So I that's something that came to mind. I'm curious if anything comes up from that. Yeah. First off, thank you. That's so kind of you to say. And it really resonates because, um, you know, I've taught with people or I've been with people in, a, in teaching situations where I've learned from people who have a very specific outline and want to touch on everything. And I have done that or tried to do that. And it never has felt authentic to me. I, I think 
first off with the symphony, that's how I think about my writing and my poetry. I'm like, what can I, what can I pull out and how can I amp up the rhythm here? And how can I put in pause and quiet here? And, um, and so that really resonates like that <laughs> sort of orchestral approach to holding space, holding community, writing, creating. It's even in the art, there's so much movement and I'm looking at quiet spaces and loud spaces and none of it is on purpose. None of it is like me seeking those out. It's more of a noticing and then prodding them along, I guess. Um, but I think that so much of the magic, I get tired of hearing, of listening to myself talk if I'm teaching. I think so much of the magic is in like me stepping back and introducing, uh, allowing space for all the voices. That's really interesting to me. I feel like for a lot of my life, um, uh, human interaction was, or even my creativity, actually. Now I can come up, I can sit down and be very creative. For a long time, I think that human interaction and creativity was very much a response. Like, I wasn't going to be the one to initiate a conversation. I wasn't going to be the one to necessarily initiate a creative project. I ne maybe needed that permission or that invitation. And so there was like always this response. And I feel also a little bit of it is, is kind of like being an ambivert. So I love my quiet time. I love to be alone. I love that introversion, that time. But when it comes to being in community, I want to be fully there fully present, fully responsive. And that's like where my extrovert comes out to play. But it also involves setting a boundary around this is the time that I'm holding space. And when I'm not holding space, I'm really like, I need to know that I'm stepping back from holding space and sometimes disappearing for a little while um, so that I can refuel and recharge. But I'm not interested in holding space where I'm the only one talking. Like that doesn't, that doesn't excite me. What excites me is that unknown. <laughs> not like I, I know that say we're going to be holding a conversation about sustainability, or we're going to be holding a conversation about um, the artist statement, or whatever it is. I like to have that framework. But in terms of what comes in it, I can't imagine anything better than like a symphony and orchestra of voices. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful. And it really, it reminds me um, so much of the, and there's so many words for it, but like in Buddhism, the not knowing mind that like being open to that unknown and, uh, and how often that can bring up so much fear like oh i if i don't know what's going to happen i need to control it i need to know what's going to happen and the alternative is to really be in that heart space of that um which i think you do so beautifully it's really that um trusting in that unknown and what the potential and possibilities and 
the goodness, but also maybe the uncomfortable things that might come up in there, but that we can navigate all of those things and that they're worth navigating and that we don't like there's a real magic that can happen if we can cultivate that trust in that in that space, which also takes a lot of courage and I think a lot of confidence um, to be able to step into that again and again because it's always changing. Withholding space, it's not like, oh, I set my curriculum and maybe the students change or maybe some things change, but pretty much there's a much stronger like structure around that to kind of rely on. I find that with myself. Like when I teach, I'm moving people through this to the finish line and maybe some surprises happen along the way, but pretty, it's well-structured. But this idea that we're talking about holding space and community is, is really, um, like anything can bubble up. And so, yeah, I'm that symphony and orchestration really speaks to me too. Um, but I'm curious with all of that, um, I love how much, how you've talked about boundaries and how important those are in all of this, because it feels like, I feel that too, for sure. And I feel like it's a really wonderful space Base to practice setting and playing with boundaries for me I'd like and noticing like oh what happens when I in this particular moment when even like what is a boundary what does that mean to me and what does that feel like to hold a certain boundary maybe with when one topic of conversation comes up or around something else I think it's just a really interesting thing to practice with in holding space um, so I love that you touched on that. Um, but the question that came through uh, was, so when you, let's say you're holding space in within, um, what's the process like for you afterwards? So let's say after a conversation, like the integration process, or how do you kind of sift through what happened and how does any of that like inform your practice of holding space? Yeah, I love that question. I find, part of what I find is that holding space extends beyond the boundaries of the time that is defined as holding space. So say I'm holding um, a conversation for an hour and a half and it starts at 10 and it ends at 11.30. That holding space for me, for the way that I'm going to look at my life and my calendar and my practice is actually going to be maybe five minutes to a half hour before that to make sure there's nothing else holding my attention, to make sure that I am ready, that I'm breathing in, that I'm doing that. And then time afterwards, what I really like to do, what I really find helpful is sometimes I'll be sitting and there are, you know, thousands of words shared and dozens of stories. And it's 
so gorgeous. And sometimes it can be really uncomfortable. And sometimes it can bring things up that we don't even know are going on. And sometimes it feels like it's been moved through relatively well if there's been discomfort. And sometimes there's something that kind of sticks with us. But whether it's been this fully magical light, heart, <laughs> uplifting experience or a mix or something hard has come up because hard things come up in life and we need space to process and share those. Um, I find it really important for myself to shut the computer, walk outside and get out and look at the trees, maybe give them a hug. Uh, I've got, I now have a bit of a forest behind me and I've taken to um, going out and giving the trees hugs and kisses and saying hi to them. And um, part of that allows me, allows all those stories to move through me, allows me not to carry them. Because again, when I was in journalism, being a vessel, it was holding them and holding space the way it is now. I, I don't want to be the person holding all the stories. I don't want to be the vessel of everyone's stories. I want to be this like, <laughs> I don't even know, this plasma or something that kind of absorbs and reflects and moves through and transforms and sees how they how they change me and how what they do with me but also like coming back always to myself and only holding on to those things that make me feel so alive and actually discomfort and risk make me feel alive so like you mentioned courage and spaces those things excite me um so that's a big part of it is like movement so that getting out into nature moving so that those can go through and the amazing thing is when i give myself say an hour after a conversation to go move to let those things go move through sometimes it is talking with another space holder <laughs> i would you know talking with someone else who holds space and working through if something comes up but um the trees hold space for me and my art holds space for me and my poetry book holds space for me. And so part of that is like, when I come off of holding space for others, I need to set those boundaries and be reminded that the earth is holding space for me. Like I can sit and watch the squirrels collect nuts and collect acorns and dig them and just feel like, oh, I'm totally connected to this earth. I don't even need to be doing anything. I can sit here and observe them and notice them. And just by them noticing that I even exist is holding space for me in the most beautiful way right now. And so that, um, yeah, like looking at my calendar and going, okay, if I'm holding space for an hour and a half this day for others, wh where am I being held? How am I being held? How am I... It's not even about like me getting out and moving. The earth is holding me. The earth is literally holding space for me. Mm, yes. Everything in me is like, yes. I've, yes. Oh, it's so beautiful. I feel exactly the same way. And to feel, uh, it's incredibly 
powerful to feel into that to for me like to notice how we're always being held by the earth i mean literally the gravity is holding us but yeah that we're all we're not these separate completely isolated beings that there is always that interconnection and i love that you have this practice of and really like intimate relationship with nature like going and hugging the trees and kissing the trees and and that's just so beautiful and nourishing and i love that and i do similar things with um but i i'm realizing that something i want to play with is connecting that kind of practice to holding space for other people i haven't gone I haven't connected those two and I wonder how that will feel um because I love how you talked about that release like keeping things moving is so important rather than holding on to whatever you know being that vessel um which I also totally relate to when I was a wedding photographer and event photographer it's very similar to what you described with journalism I was containing so much of what um I was experiencing and it really wasn't about me showing up fully. I don't know. There was something there that was very different. So, um, but I, that it all makes sense too. Like if we just allow that life force to move because it's designed to move. So if that's in within our art, within nature, within a conversation, whatever that is, when it gets stuck or lodged, I feel like I keep noticing, oh, those are the moments when it needs attention. Something needs to be kind of lovingly looked at and maybe pulled apart or something. Um, but to keep returning to that reminder, like, oh yeah, it needs to move. It's just designed and it will on its own. And um, what a powerful intention maybe to keep returning to as a space holder, because you're just dancing with the life force, with nature, with everything, and that becomes part of the practice. Then I'm like, oh, this is, oh, this is big, <laughs> beautiful. Um, and yeah, it is. It is really big, like to dance with the life force. I love the way that you just said that. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger than human to human is one aspect of it and it's this gorgeous amazing incredible aspect and it is always still this dance with life force yeah i love that and it makes sense because we are vessels of that life force it's flowing through us all the time constantly and so it's like the most natural thing actually for us to dance with that and harness it and tune into it and play with it and that's what art making is it's a creative force taking form or shape in some way if that's poetry or painting or dance whatever it's that art practice is also that dance and intuitive connection and conversation with the life force so it's so um Like, yeah, I don't know what the words are. It's just like, oh, this is, this is it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 
it's just everything of what is it to feel and come alive. And part of that boundary is recognizing if I'm always in that space, if I'm always in that hold space of like holding space, that something deadens, right? It doesn't feel alive anymore. It's like it becomes heavy. And so how I think that that's part of what the boundary is, is it's like, all these different things allow us to come alive. All these different things allow us to rest and how it goes back to that intuitive sense of like, okay, what, what, what do I need? Do I need movement? Do I need rest? Do I need quiet? Do I need to go back in and hold the space again? Like what is, what is that that's happening? Um, what is life force calling to me right now? Yeah. It's really interesting question. Yeah. And that makes me think about how like this way of being and creating and living and supporting other people feels like a completely different way to build a business or even to call it something else. Like that word is no longer really resonating with me, but to build a livelihood around that, um, to have all of this kind of intention and practice go into it is really exciting to me and feels much more aligned with life. I mean, with that life force, but, and it really is counter to so much that in this culture, I've been taught, we've been taught collectively that, um, like the ideas of what growth is. And I love looking to nature for that. Like growth isn't endless. The trees stop. They don't go and go to the stars. Like they, there's, there are boundaries around that and it's regenerative and restorative and mysterious. I don't, there's so many things that I feel like maybe that could be a whole other conversation, but looking to nature for like building business models or building livelihood models in that are much more sustainable and yeah there's something there I'm like mm. <laughs> yeah for sure for for a, a, another conversation somewhere but yeah I really I do feel that a lot because I think that the way that business has been introduced or sold especially in the state of capitalism in which we live it's there's this, there's the look of like this constant linear growth, which is just not present anywhere in nature. It really isn't. And so, yeah, the seasonality, but yes, that's a whole, a whole other, other thing. But yes, I get very excited about that too. And just even looking at what is time and what is space and looking to nature and recognizing, um, other ways to recognize it that aren't necessarily linear or aren't necessarily, I mean, our calendar that we follow really comes from, if we look back at it, that this deep connection to the sun and this deep connection to the moon. And they found kind of this way to marry the two in the calendar that most of us use today. Um, but it was always, it was always meant to be about, uh, yeah, that life force, that nature. And so 
to hold space and, and recognize that and yeah, to create a livelihood. I love that you use that word uh, as you're reframing business. I think so much of what holding space is, is allowing the, the, um, the ways to reframe any of those things, right? To reframe what is business? What is, <laughs> what is time? What is all of this? So and, and those kinds of conversations can only happen when we show up and are open in, in holding space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And that actually, so I wonder if we can talk a little bit more about how art and writing holds space for you. And you mentioned that. And I, I think that that's, um, yeah, let, I would love to dig into that. Like what, um, for you, I would, can you share a little bit about how, what that experience is like with different mediums that you play and explore and if there is a difference or if it all feels similar? I love that. It does feel different. Um, those ways of holding space, like the art making holding space feels like this beautiful invitation to explore. Um, I feel like it's through art making that almost everything the way of holding space is informed because in art making, I come to the page or I come to, if I were to pick up clay or if I were to go out and collect leaves and assemble them, whatever it is, it always comes to this question of what if, and I feel like art and writing are this beautiful space to explore curiosity and to fail and to try new things and to go into that beginner mindset that you mentioned. Um, that I think a deep intimate relationship with that, with making art, with it holding the space, with um, a book that can be completely blank and have nothing on the pages that I can open and I can grab a pen or a pencil and I can fill with words or lines or images or whatever bubbles up that always surprises me, never fails to surprise me. I've never opened a page and known what I was going to write unless I've occasionally been out for a walk and a poem will come through and I rush home to write it. But usually it's me coming and going, I'm open. Like I take a moment before I create and I touch whatever the material is and I say I'm open. And sometimes I'm not actually open. Sometimes I'll say I'm open and I feel tension and I go, oh, actually I'm not. And so, and I feel like all of this translates into um, holding space because when the art holds that for me, when it holds what if, when it holds curiosity, when it holds making <laughs> mistakes or doing things quote unquote wrong or um, being new or exploring or 
wondering where it is that I'm going or going, I don't even know what this is, but it's just happening. <laughs> like, I don't even know what, what these colors are. And I love, there are different ways that I like to come to it. Like I love to, uh, I love to come to watercolor or watery inks when I need to examine flow or just understand how things settle without me getting involved or how it is um, to just notice what happens or even to play, like to dance with, if I add more pigment or I add more water, what happens? How does my relationship to the piece change? How does the relationship between pigment and water itself change? What happens there? And so I feel like, um, and then with, with words, with poetry, you know, coming from a journalism background, where there's a beginning, middle, end, and then opening myself up to free writing or opening myself up to poetry and going, I'm just going to like spill things out on the page. I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea where it's going and I'm not going to try to guide it. I'm not going to try to tell it what to do. I'm just going to see. And then I think that that's part of the that responsiveness is recognizing going from initially thinking that art was something I had to learn or art was a, or writing was something I had to learn that there were these specific methods and these ways of doing things and that I had to fit myself into that, or I had to like make use of that or play directly with that. Um, and then recognizing at some point it turning around where I went, all that art has to be to me is what if. And all it is, is can I make a dot? And then can I respond to that? And so it's become like this whole entire, it holds the space for me in that it is responsive to me and I can be responsive to it. And I feel like that also shapes the way that I can hold space with other humans, hold space with community, because it comes back to that. Can I be comfortable not knowing? Can I be comfortable being responsive can I be comfortable being wrong and <laughs> making a wrong decision and stopping this too early or taking this too far and then going back to the art going back to the community and even being responsive to myself like going can I I think that it I think that it has taught me um something about my own autonomy. I think that it's taught me something about like, um, what it is to be safe to step outside of schooling, business, education, whatever, all of those stories that we all have, all these stories that come from where we live, what generation we're in, who we were raised by, all of these things. And, and art and poetry and holding space become these ways to actively engage in that. And, um, and then if, if I know how it changes me, I don't need to teach you or tell you about 
art. I just have to hold the space for, I have to just make the space for you to be able to come and do that because I know that something can happen. Like I really, really have faith that something can happen. And I also really, really have faith that when I do go to that page and I say, okay, I'm open, I'm ready. And there's tension and tightness that says, no, you're not that there's something there too. Like there's something that needs to be recognized that I don't need to push through it. I don't need to always produce. I don't need to always be in the process. I can have faith around the seasons. I can have faith that something is going to come back to me. Um, I hope that kind of answered it. Yeah, it's, it's such a good question. How does it hold space? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, I love what you shared. And it made me think about how it really feels like it, it comes back to our bodies, like being in tune with what's happening in our bodies. So we can feel that sense of resonance or dissonance when maybe something feels like, oh, this isn't working. And, um, and I've been noticing within myself and my own practices as I when I notice those moments, I've been feeling into what's like, what are the root structures underneath there? Is it a fear of failure? Is it that I'm trying to achieve something to be someone I'm not? Is there something under there that's asking for my deeper attention that isn't just about producing a product? Or is it a craving to produce a product? And is there something there that I can really kind of feel into more deeply. Um, I'm fascinated by that and really how the art making practice can be so and I feel like is really designed it's here in this human experience to be healing to be restorative to take us to that deeper soul connection within us. And so it has all these messages within the experience, whatever the medium is, and it makes sense to me like oh, it's, they're called mediums for a reason. Like we're channeling energy. There's energy moving through. And I keep sensing like, oh, this is for much deeper, bigger reasons than product design or whatever, those capitalistic intentions that it's really the soul medicine. And when we, like, I find a big part of that, um, for myself and when I teach and hold space for others is that we need the examples to feel, to witness others having those deeper experiences with the art making process. Because I find that, um, and I'm curious if you, what you think about this within myself and my own journey at the beginning, like I didn't even know what to look for or to feel for. And now it's been a long journey and continues to be. Um, but the deeper I go and start to have these experiences, I'm like, oh, okay, now I can kind of like live down there when I make art. Oh, okay. And so I find too, when I witness other people kind of bringing those deeper aspects to the creative process, it invites me there and then I can play there. And I feel like that's a big part of holding space that I'm excited about, like those like you said before, like that permission or those invitations, those doorways, maybe. Um, does anything come up there for you? Yeah, it feels like 
the word that's coming to me is portal for a couple of the things that you said. One is, yes, that witnessing and like that seeing someone else who can do it without saying, not that saying this is a product and I'm going to sell it is bad. (laughs) This is going to support my livelihood is bad. But I think it is really refreshing to see the whole honest process behind it and the curiosity and I don't know what this is and and that permission that feels like a portal like anytime I get to peek into someone's process I'm just like oh this is so exciting this is so fun like I get to see the world through someone else's eyes or when I read a book it's not so much about the book and the message of the book, it's like, oh, I get to try on, I, part of it is I get to try on this person's vision in a way I get to see what they notice. I get to notice what they notice. I get to try on their words. So I learn this language in myself in, in reading it. And, um, and that feels really like all of these ways of when we make art, when we make dance, when we show it, when we share it, there are all these portals, invitations to people into discovering themselves and, and having that permission to um, to explore and, and to see where their curiosity takes them and what they're interested in. And then the other thing that made me think of portal is when you talked about the mediums are mediums for a reason that's amazing like I can feel myself wanting to pick up clay which I haven't done yet but I can feel that because I can feel that that's going to be this earth like this deep connection to earth that I get from touching trees that when I was in high school I used to teach at this thing called this program called outdoor school in Oregon where it would be a week and high schoolers would teach sixth graders there were also like adult uh, (laughs) adults teaching the high schoolers what to teach but we would teach them things about outdoor school and the one that I loved to do the one that I wanted to teach was to be the soil teacher not because I knew so much about soil but because oh my goodness, to take these kids who didn't want to get their hands dirty and to get them like digging in and feeling the earth and noticing all the different colors and noticing all the different textures was just like the most fun thing to me. And um, so I'm feeling this calling to play with clay that I think will tap into some of that. And and the watercolor or dealing with a watery media feels very different. That has a very different message that has a very different medium. That's all about this flow and it responds differently. Um, and words of course respond differently. And, and there was a time that I was doing a lot of mosaics and that was like activating this part of me that makes connections and creates puzzles and puts things together and like, sees relationship between hard shapes and how to play with the space in between. And, um, and so I feel that really resonated with me as a portal, like, oh yeah, each medium is this portal to these very individual experiences. And the more that we can play across medium, the more that the less we have to necessarily specialize, we can fall in love with certain ones, but 
the more that maybe holding space means, you know, I can, I can invite someone who's really, really good at photography and noticing light and shadow and maybe invite them to notice water. And that feels really powerful because it feels like that activates something else. Like each medium being a portal into a way of, of seeing the world. That really is exciting to me. Mm, I'm so, yes. Oh, it's so oh, beautiful. Gosh, I think I just thought of like 12 more topics for conversations that we could have, which is good. Um, uh, yeah, I know we're almost at an hour, so I'm being mindful of that. But one thought that I just had about what, what you were sharing and building off of that with the mediums and portals, I've noticed this in myself multiple times throughout my creative journey, where like, especially so photography was my first, I did that for 15 years. So it was like my I create my first big creative identity. And I started to sense at a point that my relationship to it was changing. And I had none of like, I really had very few um, tools in my toolbox, the deeper reflective ones at that point. So I did, I had no idea what was going on or why it was changing. And I remember this very intense sense of fear and like, oh, but I've worked so hard for this and I've built this thing. And I would get feedback from people in my life when I was starting to reflect on like, I think I might be done with photography. And what would be mirrored back to me was, yeah, but you're so good at it. Oh, that's a shame, things like that. But I could feel inside of myself, like something's changing. And when I reflect back now, I can feel like, oh, right, because actually what's going on like we're not i'm not here to like follow a business plan i'm here to tune in and be receptive to whatever i'm being called to and to it, like things are moving through me in these mysterious ways and with that chapter like it ended because it needed to end and it wasn't maybe it's part of some bigger plan but it wasn't um wasn't part of my plan. And so I've learned and continue to learn to tune into those moments where something feels like this is kind of an edge or maybe there's a door that's about to close or there's this sense of like completion or evolution and being open to that and feeling through the layers within that, like maybe uh, the attachment to the identity around it or maybe layers of grief, like, oh, this is what I knew for a long time. And I'm kind of stepping into an, another part of me that I don't know yet. And that's maybe uncomfortable. I, I feel like there's a lot there that I keep noticing in my own creative journey. And um, maybe that's a whole nother topic to explore too, but I'd love to hear if you have any thoughts about that. Oh, yeah, I think that feels really courageous to me too. I, I love that you spoke to coming up to the edges and recognizing. I think it can be hard out in the world to recognize when there is an edge, um, to recognize when it's time to move through or to, to change. 
And there is definitely a lot of resistance that in those conversations we see reflected back out in the <laughs> the real world, right? The quote unquote real world that says, but you're so good at this or but you've become an expert or but you've done this. And, um, and it does feel so important to hold spaces in which there can be, in which we can recognize edges, in which we can recognize closures, portals, endings, transformations, um, in which we can kind of digest all of that and go, oh, these are the stories that the world keeps telling me, but it doesn't feel right. Like it doesn't feel, that doesn't feel true for me. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean that that same thing couldn't feel true to somebody else. You know, somebody could be a photographer and be very good at it and, and know that that is their life's calling and that's what will make them feel alive forever and ever. And then there are a lot of opportunities to go, oh, just because I gained that expertise, just because I studied that, just because I devoted years of my life to that doesn't mean that I have to be locked into that identity forever. And so I think a big part of holding space for others and holding space for ourselves is knowing when it's time and, and learning, like you said, to tune into that. Um, yeah, it definitely resonates a lot. Like it, and it goes back to what you said too about uh, being exposed to someone's process or being exposed to someone doing this work. It's like so many things we can't know are even coming up for ourselves until all of a sudden somebody else can express it in words and then we can go, oh, that just loosened something. <laughs> like that was there. And I've been feeling it and I haven't known what it was or understood what it was or had the language around it or had anybody else recognize it or see it in me to validate what was going on. And I think it's hard to, as much as we can uh, be reflective and look at ourselves and validate ourselves to a point, there is something very um, important about feeling seen, even if it's not because we say something and feel seen, even if it's because somebody else says something that resonates deeply, and we don't even have to say that resonates deeply, but we can have witnessed it and it like frees something within ourselves. So yeah, I hear that. Yes. And that feels like, that feels like the perfect place to, to end the conversation. Uh, yeah. Cause that mm -hmm. it's just so powerful the the what is possible when we hold space for ourselves to really unfurl and expand in ways that we don't get to know until it's happening and then feeling into that and being courageous and responding to that and then being in other spaces with other people to connect through those experiences and unfurling together and being held in space. And all of that is really, really 
incredibly important work, I think, right now on this planet <laughs> and always. Um, so I guess, so my final question, and then we'll be done, is I guess just do you have any final thoughts about holding space after everything we've talked about? Mm, yeah, I do. So one of the thoughts that I have was as we were knowing we were going to come into this conversation and and you shared some beautiful questions that helped me just get into the space of thinking for myself, what is holding space and, and what is the language around it, how to develop the language around it. Um, one of the the things that you asked that feels very closely related to where we are now is uh, what qualities and intentions go, does one bring to the space? And so that feels, um, it was interesting because I almost stumbled, right? Because the intention that I always bring to the space that I know of, every time I hold space, the only thing that I want a person to recognize as they come in, to feel as they come in, is you will be loved. Like, that is the purest intention that I can go in to holding any space with, is you will be loved. And for the qualities that I bring, it went back to like that. Oh, when I showed up as a vessel for as, as I show up now, and I go, what is that? What is it even to show up now? Um, what is it at, like to build that language around what a person, what a person brings and what we do, which is so closely related to that conversation that we just had. And so it was like, um, yeah, this, the, <laughs> I think the most important thing has to do with always being open to the magic and seeing another person in, in the other individual that can be so hard sometimes if we're watching the news or we've got the whole world to think about and there's this large community and it can be hard to, like, it, it can be easy to see the bad. But when I get to see an individual there's so much magic and that excites me so much because I think that we can get really used to not seeing the magic in ourselves. I can get really used to not seeing the magic. <laughs> like what qualities do I have? I don't know what qualities, you know, there's compassion and kindness and humor and whatever. But I think that what I really, really, really want to bring is if I can see the magic in you, then maybe that magic can bloom and blossom in a way that it never would have been able to do if it wasn't just loved. Like, yeah, it. what happens to an individual, what happens to a person in a space where it can be an hour of your week, but during that hour of your week, you are held in love. And any potential you have is seen, any real part of you is 
seen your loved where you've been, where you are, where you're going, the full possibility and potential and the fullness of allowing you to never have to recognize or realize that possibility and potential. Like you don't have to do anything. And so I think that, yeah, something of that felt important to just like how how that itself can transform a space in a person and introduce one to oneself on a deeper level and all the layers. Mm, yes. And you, I'm like, you're magic. There you go. What you just, I mean, that all of this, everything you do is magic. And that I love how that just really summarizes, like it distills down to the essence of, I think too, like feel what is most important. It's that love, like that true unconditional love energy like holding that space charging a space with that and then allowing whatever emerges that's just so beautiful i love it oh wow thank you alada um okay we could talk for 12 hours but we're gonna <laughs> wrap things up um so if people want to find you if they want to join your community how can they how can they yeah so the there are a couple ways they can find me on Instagram. I am at Alana of Love and Light. So A-L-A-N-A of Love and Light. Um, my website is alanagaragas.com and some of my artwork is there and a little bit uh, more about me or less about me than in our conversation, but different about me than what we discussed today is there. And then the community is called Within Artist Collective. And people can go to within-online.com. So within-online.com. And um, when the community is open, the space is available to join and when the community is not open you can sign up for within curious which will be a, a little email in your inbox once a month to let you know when it is open what kind or sometimes twice a month to let you know what's going on maybe encourage you with a question or a way to look at yourself and uh, the the collective is open even months of the year closed odd months of the year so give time to welcome and then integrate, welcome and integrate, um, recognizing those edges, like you mentioned, like, oh, the edges and the rhythms of how to welcome and how to, and then how to settle. So, yeah. Gorgeous. Oh, I loved every second of this conversation. Thank you so much, Alana. Thank you, Emma. You're so wonderful to have a conversation with. Oh, thank you. <laughs>